I'm your host, Hannah Abu Khurma, HR Director of Circo Middle East. Today, I will be chatting with Rory Hendricks from Holt Ostrich International Business School on the importance of investing in our employees and how training courses should be up to date and relevant to the changing environment we're living in. We're also going to have a chit chat about the future of virtual learning. Thanks for joining us. For all our listeners, and just to give you a bit of a background, Circo is an employer of choice within the region. We always say our people are our assets. And while other businesses stopped training and development activity during the pandemic, Circo prioritized this area. We're actually just launching our accelerator program, which is a development program for uh, the talent identified as high potential employees within the Middle East business. And our partner for this initiative is Halt Astridge. So Rory Hendricks, do you want to expand a bit about what you do with HALT and what the nature of this accelerator program is that we've invested in in Circo? Yeah, sure, Hannah, and, and thanks very much. Uh, great to be joining you and all your listeners uh, from, from Circo. Um, so here in the, in the Middle East, based in Dubai, I'm the uh, professor of practice in, in the areas of leadership coaching, uh, also the associate dean. Um, and I'm more on an international role. I head up our uh, business for sport and uh, high performance business. So um, it's a really exciting time to be talking about learning and development amidst all the, the change that obviously we've all experienced in, in, the, in the past year and a bit. Thank you. Uh, that's a very interesting background. And uh, thank you very much for taking some time to talk about it today. Um, so uh, just a bit about uh, about the program that we have invested in and the nature of this program. Um, can, can you tell us a bit more about the nature of the masterclass programs that Holt Astridge has to offer? Yeah, well, certainly, I think, um, you know, what, what, uh, what you've done in, in Circo is, is identified all the areas that uh, you have assessed as, as necessary and important to, to develop your, your managers and leaders today. Um, and those are, are absolutely areas that chime very much with what we've seen with uh, other international organizations. And I think when we start talking about the, the, the format, these masterclass workshop type uh, series, again, that's very much on trend in terms of how organizations are very quickly moving to these much more shorter virtual formats. So, you know, I, re I remember 20 years ago when I first joined Ashridge, um, the four-week general management program was probably the most popular program at the time. And then up until last year, you know, that shrunk down to four days. Uh, and then today we look at four-hour formats. So you can see a, a radical change in terms of executive education delivery. Yeah, that's and it just shows how uh, you know it's changing and adopting to the time and adopting to the pace uh, of this market. Um, what, what just to, to go back a bit? Why do you think it's so important for uh, companies to invest in their people? Well, yeah, I mean it's it's a great question, and I think there, there's there's two perspectives. So one is the the organizational perspective. You know, what what is the benefit of of their investment? And then, of course, to the, the individuals themselves. And if we look at the organizational benefit, you know, if you think about employees who feel that they are, are valued, are of course more likely to be motivated to perform better 
and also more likely to stay with the organization, particularly talent. So what happens when you're investing in people? You tend to increase employee motivation and satisfaction. You increase talent attention and retention, attraction and retention. And of course, those together enhances productivity. So there are some real uh, bottom line benefits. And if you have a look at um, some research that was done by the American Society for Training and Development, where they surveyed uh, 575 different organizations over a three-year period. And what they found was that firms investing the most in training and development yielded a 45% higher shareholder return than the market average. So there's, there's real benefits and, and returns for organizations investing in their people. Of course, individuals themselves are, are preoccupied about the benefits to themselves. And uh, I think when you have a look at our, the first sort of 10, 15 years of, of our careers, we tend to focus on building the capabilities around the, the sort of technical functional areas of, of our roles. But as soon as you progress up into management and leadership, you're lucky if you've got 10 or 15 months to acquire the necessary management and, and leadership capabilities. Otherwise, there's a real danger of falling foul to the, the phenomena of, of what we call derailment, which is something that's often seen within, seen within high potentials. You know, people that you anticipate really going ahead in their careers, all of a sudden their careers come off the track. And that's because they haven't been able to make that essential transition from being a, an expert technical functional person into a, a manager and leader. So that's really important for, for talent moving up the organizational hierarchy. And I think just in the context of what we've all been through now with the, the pandemic, yeah, there, there's that lovely equation that says learning needs to be greater than the rate of change. And if you think about the incredible degree of change that modern managers need to operate within today, you know, even just to stand still, your learning agility has to be pretty good. If you are ambitious, which a lot of talent are, then your learning agility, in fact, has to become exceptional. So, you know, there at the, at the individual level, people are really, talent, are, are really preoccupied today about how much organizations are going to be investing in them in terms of their ongoing development. Thank you. I think those are really good points and uh, points that we can all relate to uh, from uh, uh, the working world. Yeah. Um, can can given the the pace and the number the, the number of changes that are happening and how uh, talent has to cope uh, with the markets and the changes and uh, learn to adopt and have that learning agility how do you mm. at Holt Astridge make sure that your material is updated and is addressing the issues uh, of the market and addressing uh, the needs and the development areas of uh, talent during this time yeah, sure. And I mean, of, of course, an organization like ours needs to be constantly uh, investing in, in, in research uh, to making sure that, as you say, we are up to date in terms of the, the latest international and, and even regional thinking. So quite an extensive uh, research practice happens here in, in, in the Middle East. Um, but another key part of that is that we typically engage with around 850 corporates, organizations like Circo, across 60 countries every year. And it's through these interactions that we are constantly identifying the challenges and opportunities that 
leaders and these organizations are encountering. And it's that coupled with our, our own research that actually informs and keeps all of our own practices uh, up to date. So hopefully as we go through the series with yourselves, that you will be uh, beneficiaries of hearing what other organizations are struggling with. But of course, we'll learn from you as well, which is, which is fantastic. Definitely, and we're very much excited uh, to uh, be launching the program now. And uh, what we could notice uh, from our interactions with HALT is that um, uh, HALT Astrid un understood the problem that we had or understood what we're trying to achieve and understood the business needs uh, that we had as well. And some of the topics like, uh, you know, leading in uncertainty and um, uh, introductions to digital transformation, for example, are just... Yeah hot topics that many organizations are looking at, especially uh, during uh, this, the, the challenging times and uh, during the pandemic. Um, so we're definitely excited uh, to see how this can help our talent and uh, how we can evolve together uh, in this partnership. Um, we all know that uh, virtual learning is also uh, a big thing on the agenda for uh, organizations. And uh, with the pandemic, we've only seen the acceleration of uh, online learning. Yeah. So what do you think are the uh, pros and cons of uh, learning online? Yeah, well, you know, as, as you can imagine, uh, this, this is very close to our heart because uh, in January 2020, uh, I would say probably 90% of our delivery uh, was done face-to-face. -face. Come January 2021, 100% is, is being delivered uh, virtually. So, you know, our own uh, business and our industry sector has been utterly transformed. Um, and, and, you know, we, we've obviously needed to pivot. We've need to, needed to dramatically change. Uh, what, what, is, what is really delightful is that the, the NPS scores, the net promoter scores, year on year have in fact improved. So a little bit, uh, you know, paradoxically where we thought we were going to be really uh, challenged and, and struggling in terms of creating the, the interactive and learning efficacy that we've always been, you know, renowned for globally. Uh, and in fact, things are, are at parity and in some cases even, even better. So I suppose the question is, you know, what, what has enabled this? Uh, and of course, it's been a, a lot of very quick innovation and, and training, you know, new, new technology to enable online interactive, interactivity and, and engagement, you know, online simulations, interactive flip charts, uh, investments in terms of interactive lecture theatres, of course, a lot of training with our own faculty in terms of delivering in the, in the online uh, format and also putting on extra results. So whenever we're working now, we have a, a dedicated technical facilitator that's working alongside faculty. So there's a new body that we've, we've never had before, which is, which, is, which is now fantastic. So I think you know, we've been really surprised ourselves at how quickly and effectively we and the, the industry has made a wholesale transition towards virtual learning. Um, now there's, there's of course other benefits because from a, from a logistics, from a time point of view, um, hotels, travel, food and beverage, you know, there's probably a, I don't know, a rule of thumb of 20 to 35% saving in terms of the overall uh, training and development costs. So, you know, that there's some benefits there at an organizational level. 
But at a, at a delegate, at a participant level, I think what we're starting to learn is some, some really new interesting insights. So for example, the, the interaction, engagement and contribution between extroverts and introverts uh, seems to be a lot more parity. There's a lot more equality. So yeah. you, you're now having introverts having a much easier way of contributing and finding their voice in, in a virtual platform, which, which of course is, is, is fantastic. So, you know, I, I think we will we'll see a return to face-to-face learning, but, uh, you know, certainly virtual learning will continue to be an increasingly important uh, channel for corporate learning and development into the future. Definitely, I couldn't agree more with you. I think uh, all those observations are things that we've witnessed here uh, in different contracts and different environments. We've uh, definitely received feedback around, uh, you know, how classroom training that's now online has much more participation, uh, mm. just to confirm the point that you've uh, addressed uh, earlier. Um, yeah. And we've also changed a lot uh, with the pandemic around how we do training and how we uh, uh, monitor and uh, uh, optimize the use of technology uh, to make sure that, that the essential training still happens uh, in the right environment. And uh, we're just optimizing technology to make sure that it happens, like with through video demonstrations of uh, for national vocational training, for example, instead yeah. of just doing it in, in person, you know, um, yeah. and uh, using uh, Microsoft Forms, for example, instead of paper. It's just made things go much faster than it did before. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, and I think, you know, we were all probably intuitively anticipating some real drawbacks. Uh, and I said earlier, I think we've all been pleasantly surprised about what has actually manifested in practice. Definitely. Now, given your role and uh, the experience you have in coaching organizations and executives, um, I'm sure you've, you've heard this before, but I just uh, wanted to ask from your perspective, do you think the development and learning is a responsibility of a company or the responsibility of the employee? Or how, how do you how, how do you look at it in terms of responsibility? Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I think today we would say say both. Um, you know, there's there's certainly an increasing trend of employees themselves taking even more responsibility for their, their own development. And I think that's purely in response to this this recognition that uh, learning agility is becoming one of the most important predictors of future leadership success. So, you know, individuals themselves are thinking, hang on a moment, you know, you know things are changing so fast. You know, when, when we were in the first industrial revolution, if you, if you acquired a new skill, you would have that relevant skill for life. Today, as we sit here in what's called the, the fourth industrial revolution, our, our skills have become perishable. It's a bit like fresh food. You know, they, they, they become, um, they expire fairly quickly or they have a shelf life. So I think everybody intuitively understands now that in order to, to progress and, and move ahead and uh, have uh, ambitious careers, that yes, organizations have a, have a role to play in their development. But those that are, are identified as talents, as high potentials who want to get ahead, I think there's strong recognition that they are investing in themselves as well. So, you know, a very clear underlying trend that both are, are have become necessary and important. And what do you say to business leaders uh, and organizations that say they don't have enough budget for learning and development for their staff? 
Yeah, you know, I think that that's important to to go to those business leaders and and make the business and leadership case for investing in their people. So when we when we started our our conversation today, we were talking about the the organisational benefits of of investing people. So, you know, for some leaders, they they need to have that business case in in, in front of them, um, and and particularly today, if we look at uh, Gen Y. Who, who are making up the, some of the largest uh, populations of organizations, and in particular in our region here, which has, has a, a, a very young demographic, if, if, you, if you're not going to invest in your people, you're not going to be able to attract and retain uh, and get the best performance from your, from your talent. Um, so there's a, there's a very clear case for, for investing, but I think often you know, people need to step up and, and uh, and express that within their own organization. I also think there's a there's a lot of expectations now from a job from people. Uh, the sense of purpose, growth, uh, personal growth, professional growth, development, uh, uh, spending time in an organization that uh, allows people to grow and allows people to develop and move on and expand in their careers is now a clear expectation uh, from people, especially with with uh, the millennials that want to do everything very quickly and want to grow very quickly and move on yes. and expand. So uh, I think that that importance is uh, and, and coping with the expectations of uh, being an employer in this market is also something very important to address. Yeah, 100%. Um, Good point. Uh, so basically, what, what would you say to a listener who's thinking, uh, I wish my employer offered me more learning opportunities and uh, isn't getting enough growth and development uh, within their organization? What would you advise them to do? Well, well Hannah, I, th I think first of all, you know, many leaders would be pleased if their staff took the initiative and were proactive in, in requesting more, more learning. You know, that, that sends a, a very clear message from those those individuals that they they understand the importance of learning and and they want to progress um, and I think particularly you know if if those learners are able to to demonstrate or the, or those individuals are able to demonstrate how their learning could directly enhance their own performance and therefore the performance of of the business you know then that that's the that's the approach I think that would. Um, give give them the the best opportunity to to get a to get involved in in, in some learning. Thank you. Um, I know you speak to a lot of organizations and uh, you have access to so much more information uh, than uh, many of us do. Uh, what's your best piece of advice for organizations during these challenging times? Uh, you know, just from an expert mm -hmm. in this field and uh, leading in, 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 in these uh, activities and initiatives. Um, what would you advise organizations during the pandemic and during challenging times in general? Yeah, I, th I think the, the, the challenging times and the pandemic is, is, is the clue, you know, because if, if, if you want to become a, a spontaneous, adaptive, agile organization, you know, that's uh, so that you are able to constantly respond to the changing con context. You know, that, that is the ultimate competitive advantage today. You know, and, and there are always more opportunities when the environment is in a state of flux than when it is, is incredibly stable. Um, so you could argue that, in fact, we are awash with opportunities today. 
But at the, at, the, at the center of being spontaneous and adaptive as an organization is, is a learning culture. So there's something really important at, at this point in time, and I, and I would say probably now and continuously into the, into the future, um, that organizations really need to be thinking about, you know, how do they become agile, more agile, how do they become more uh, adaptive, and therefore how can they create an inherent uh, learning agile culture within the organization. That's at the, at the organizational level. I think for, for at an individual level, it's, it's becoming more and more important today to ensure that people are feeling well supported in terms of their own well-being and, and resilience. Um, because, of course, everybody's under uh, a lot more pressure, you know, uncertainty and change in itself is, a, is another layer of, 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 of challenge. Um, and, and a lot of people are, are pushing themselves harder, you know, with the backdrop of anxiety uh, around their jobs. So I think for, for leaders to be really thinking about their, their, their people and making sure that they are doing okay, because doing too much is as risky as doing too little. And when you look at start looking at the, the devastating consequences associated with burnout and, and mental health, you know, that this is a this is another emerging area of of, of leadership re- responsibility to, to be mindful of you know, how your people are doing in terms of their well-being and, and resilience. You know, so, so leadership today is is undoubtedly the most complex, challenging role that we've ever seen. You know, there's so many challenges from an external environment. There's so many challenges from an internal in, in, in environment now. Uh, and now we're also asking leaders to to be aware of the, the overall well-being of, of their own, own people. So, you know, there's a there's a... That the, the stakes are high for the, the modern day leader, you know, leading contemporary organizations. Exciting, but incredibly challenging. Thank you very much for that. And definitely the well-being and uh, the mental and physical health of employees and staff has never been more important. Uh, we have very high expectations uh, during these challenging times, and we have to make sure that we're taking care of our people. Uh, and that their concerns and uh, all their issues are being addressed and we prioritize uh, their well-being on any other priority that we have in the business because especially with speaking from a business that is a people's business like Serco, our people are our assets so uh, we have to make sure that uh, we take care of them and that we walk the talk and live our values in such organizations. Absolutely and uh, you know from a from a business school perspective, you know, historically we have always been invested in the cognitive and psychological side of of leadership performance. You know, so it, it's it's really interesting now that the the physiological side uh, has has crept into our industry sector so much so that on a number of our programs we actually ask delegates to wear heart rate variance monitors so that we can see their response to to pressure and stress. Um, so that so we can raise their self-awareness around that and and they can start developing their own mitigating strategies so so that the physical side is is really the uh, the foundation that supports the higher realms of of cognition and psychology and you were talking about you mentioned purpose earlier you know even i suppose the, the spiritual side you know in terms of what is our purpose what are our values what are our, our beliefs who are we as in terms of our personal and professional character that we bring to organizations. 
Now, these are all sitting on top of a very strong physiological base. So, you know, our being more aware of our responses to pressure and stresses is, has really become center stage in, in the executive education sector, which is which is quite quite a radical uh, extension of, of, of the mind and psychology. Thank you very much for that. And uh, that just makes me more excited uh, to have this partnership and to have uh, such a, um, a program where we are uh, partnering with uh, an organization with some uh, with such expertise and specialists. Um, that's all for today. I hope uh, I hope you've enjoyed it. And I'd like to thank I'd like to thank you, uh, Rory, for joining us and a big thank you to all of you who have been listening. Thank you everyone and stay safe.